Amen. Amen. You may be seated. If you have tithes and offerings, you can drop them off out the black boxes on your way out the door tonight. Well, I wasn't supposed to be speaking tonight, but I am. I am. So uh, I've been wanting to do some kind of for a little while anyway, so I thought maybe this is a good time to do it. Um, we just had a great weekend, Lord. Amen. Can we give God praise for that? We had a great weekend. God did some awesome things. And in, in concerning to prayer, though, it's not a time to stop praying. It's a time to pray all the more. We've got the enemy on the run, and it's time to keep driving him out until he's gone. So we must continue to pray. It ain't a time to let up. Because I'm going to tell you, a lot of the things that we experience, sometimes we don't want to tie them to prayer. But a lot of what we experience this weekend is associated with prayer. Maybe not just from the prayers of that day, but from the prayers of these last five years. We're approaching five years now that we've been here, and you've, you have been faithful to the house of the Lord to come into the, he said, my house will be called what? The house of prayer. You've been faithful to the house of prayer, and we've made it that here on Wednesday nights. We come in here, we believe it's that important, vitally important, that we conduct a whole service committed to just praying, praying to God, praying for one another, praying for our nation, our community, our friends, our neighbors, and we come in here, and we bring our petitions to the Lord week after week, and he says that we can. We have the privilege to do that. So tonight, I really wanted to come in here tonight, and uh, I'm not really preaching a sermon to you tonight. I'm going to use a lot of scripture, and I'm going to use this tonight as a night to refocus. I just want to really remind you, and we need to be reminded often why we do come here, why it is important that we pray, why it's important where we pray, why it's important what we pray about, those types of things. I want to, because the whole purpose of these Wednesday nights is we do a prayer devotion, we call, and we take 15 to 20, 25, 30, 35, 45 minutes to do a devotion. You know, I'm joking. And, uh, but the time has really come on Wednesday nights to be committed to praying and spending time in prayer. Not just, Lord, you know I need a job. I love you. Amen. See ya. It's about coming here. And sometimes uh, we lose our focus of what this is really about. This is, you're really here because you believe in the power of prayer. And the reason you believe in the power of prayer is because God has answered your prayers. I could go around this room and every single one of you could tell me about a prayer that God answered. You could tell me about prayers that God hasn't answered, but you keep praying them anyway because we're commanded to keep praying. So I'm going to take tonight, just do a night to just remind us, refocus. I want to share scripture with you. And uh, I want you to know, too, the effectiveness of my prayer has nothing to do with the size of the crowd in this place. It's about me coming here, that I'm here tonight, that I take the time and I come here to these altars and I pray about the things that are important to me because the things that are important to me are important to God. And sometimes we don't think these little things are important to God, but they're important to God. Because I know this, you have to take care of the little things because if you don't take care of the little things, the big things happen. It's the little foxes that destroy the vines. So the little things are important just as well to the Lord. And then we have those big things that we're, we're doing with. But thank God, aren't you thankful for a church family that you can come to tonight that you know if you needed a brother or sister to stand with you tonight and pray with you, that they'd grab your hand and they would pray with you? Can you give God glory for that? Thank God for our church family. We are blessed. We have a wonderful church with wonderful, with wonderful people. And I can't stress to you and thank you enough for you being committed to be here on Wednesday nights for prayer. It's summertime. All those things are happening right now. But you know what? There is personal prayer. That's between you and the Lord. 
There's corporate prayer. That's where the body comes together. There's intercessory prayer where we intercede for others, for those who are here, those who can't be here because of illnesses and sickness and things going on in their life. So prayer is so important. And today, there is so much power at our fingertips. At the flick of a switch, we can use powerful things and make things happen so quickly. We can make a light come on. We can launch a spaceship. We can launch a missile. We can light up a whole city. We can launch a nuclear warhead with the push of a button, the tip of our fingers. But there is also power right at the fingertips of a Christian, and it's called the power of prayer. It's the most powerful weapon in the world. In the world is prayer. John 15, Jesus said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. And in John 14, 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Our most powerful weapon. We are to come boldly before the throne room of grace and make our petitions known. For a lot of people say things aren't happening in their life. Many times they're not praying. And that's why circumstances aren't changing. They're not truly believing that God answers prayers. We have people that are sick and people that are afflicted. Hey, but the prayer of the faith shall save the sick is what James says. Many are fearful of the times we're living in. Hey, then pray. First Peter 4, 7 says, but the end of to all things is at hand. But if you be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. The Bible contains a lot of scriptures on prayer. James says what? Fervent prayer of a man right with God is very effective when he said in James 5, 16, the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Prayer has got to be a lifestyle. And a lifestyle is what we live, is what we do with our life. The power of prayer has existed throughout the Old Testament and the New. But what has changed about it from the Old to the New is, when Jesus was crucified and the curtain, the veil that separated man from God was rent, it gave us direct access to God. Now we don't have to pray to a priest to, for God to hear us. We can come boldly, like I said, before the throne of grace. We can make our own petitions known straight to God. Not only that, but Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father, and he makes intercession for us. He prays to the Father for us. Prayer is our communication line straight through to God Almighty, 24-7 be confident that God hears your prayers. Psalms 91 and 15. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him, and I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Isaiah says, it shall come to pass that before they call, before they call, before you even pray, he says, I will answer, and yet while they are speaking, I will hear. Before you even pray, your answer is already on the way. we got to pray when things are good. we got to pray when things are bad. It was Daniel who prayed three times a day when things were good, when things were bad. When Daniel was being threatened to be killed, thrown in the lion's den, if you pray to God once again, the Bible says he walked up to his room, as he did every day, and he prayed like he always did. He didn't pray no more, and he didn't pray no less. Why should we pray? Should we pray? It's a delight of the Lord. Proverbs 15.8 says, The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. But the prayer of the upright is his delight. All things whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. First Samuel 1 Samuel 1.27, Hannah said, For this child I prayed. She prayed for a child. 
And she says, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Why should we pray? We should pray to be in the presence of God. Matthews 18, 24, where two or three <clears throat> are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We're, why should we pray? To receive things. James said, you have not because you've asked not. If we were sick, we should pray. James 5, 13 says, any sick among you, let him pray. 15, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. What should you pray for? So many times people like, what should I pray? What can I pray for? What do I need to pray about? First and foremost, a father's will. God's will for your life. And in any situation that you've got, you should pray for God's will. Jesus establishes he is the greatest example. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane praying to prepare for the greatest persecution he would suffer. And the Bible said in agony, he prayed earnestly. He prayed, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as I will. Our prayers have got to be for the will of God. We must pray for souls to be saved. If ever before in your whole Christian life, pray now. Pray for the lost. Things are happening. The Spirit of God is upon this earth, and it's moving upon men and women and children. And we should make sure we're making our petitions known for those that we love, for the lost. Romans 10, Paul said, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For it's God's will that no man shall perish. We must pray for our nation, for the leaders of our nations. And we quote this a lot here lately in 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and I will heal their land. We must pray for healing. James 5, 15, the prayer of faith shall save the sick. In 1 Kings 13, verse 6, King Jeroboam asked a prophet to pray to God for him that his withered hand may be restored. The prophet does, and God restores the king's hand as it was before. We must pray to become righteous. To be righteous is to be right with God. Why is this so important in our prayer lives? James says, the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much to God. We must pray for laborers, Matthew 9, 37. The harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. It is harvest time. It is time to be praying for laborers. We must pray for forgiveness. If we have sinned, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all sin. But we must pray and we must ask for it. We must pray for our families. Never stop praying for your families. Pray for comfort. Psalms 119.76. Let I pray your merciful kindness be for my comfort. Pray for that peace that surpasses all understanding. We must pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Psalms 122 and 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They prosper that love thee. Pray for your enemies. Yeah, that's in there. Luke 6, 28. Bless them that curse you and pray for them which despitefully use you must pray for our children. Jesus did. Matthew 19, 13. Then the little children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray. Pray against your temptations. We're all faced with them. Matthew 26, 41. Jesus said, watch and pray. 
that you enter not into temptations. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. We must pay, pray for strength. We must pray for your desires, Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I say to you that what those things, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. What should your desires be? His will for your life. You must pray that you'll be ready. Mark 13 and 3, take heed, watch and pray, for you know not when the time is return of Christ. It's coming, church. You better be praying that you're ready for the second coming of Jesus Christ. It is coming soon. We must pray for one another. James 5, 16, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Third John 1 and 2, beloved, I wish, in other words, I pray above all things, that thy soul mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. What a wonderful prayer to pray for someone, that I would pray for you, that you prosper, and that you be in good health, even as your soul prospers. It's okay to ask someone to pray for you. In Acts 8 and 24, then answered Simon and said, pray ye to the Lord for me. This, this is Simon, that none of these things that you have spoken will come upon me. Pray for the interpretation of tongues. 1 Corinthians 14, Wherefore let him that speaketh an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret it. He's saying if you give out tongues, pray for the interpretation you. So many times we pray and we throw it out there and we hope somebody in here interprets it, and they do at times. But you should be praying, God, help me to interpret when I give out tongues. He says you should pray for that. Pray to receive the Holy Ghost. Now, when the apostles which were in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who, when they came down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. We must pray for deliverance, Matthew 17, 21. It's a lunatic story. Disciples are trying to cast a demon out of a young boy. And Jesus, howbeit, this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. I believe fasting enhances prayer, that when the flesh is weak, the spirit becomes strong. Now, let's talk about the power of prayer. Jesus knew it. When Jesus was in the garden and the soldiers came to get him, one of the disciples struck the guard, cut off his ear. Jesus tells him, put away the sword and says, do you think that I could not pray to my father and he would send more than 12 legions of angels? He knew he had the power to through prayer. Solomon knew the power of prayer. Here's how powerful prayer can be. Second Chronicles 5, Solomon is dedicating the temple. The Ark of the Covenant is there. It's been placed in there. And they're praying, they're praising God, and the glory of the Lord fell in that place. In Second Chronicles 7, you can read, it says, Now when Solomon had made end of praying, when he came to the end of praying, fire came down from heaven. And consumed the burnt offerings and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priest of the Lord could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the house. How I would love for when we get done praying in this place that the glory of the Lord would fall in this place. Hallelujah. Give God praise. That could happen. And it says, and the priest of the Lord could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the house. Personal prayer is important and it's powerful. 
but there's also power in corporate prayer. Solomon was praying for his people of his nation, praying that they would come to the house of God. He prays that, Lord, if they've committed any sin, God, send them here. Send them here. He's praying for his nation. He wanted his nation to repent. He wanted his nation to be saved. And he just prayed those prayers. And upon him praying those prayers, when he's in that temple that day, praying these prayers for his nation and for the people to be saved, that was when the glory of the Lord fell. Let's look at Peter and John. Peter and John are on the way to pray at the temple. And we have a lame man laying at a gate and was asking for alms. And Peter commands him to rise up and walk in the name of Jesus. The man does, and the Sadducees become angry with them and put them in prison. But later they let them go for fear of the people. They tell them to go and preach no more. They go back to other people, and they tell them what all happened, how powerful the God they served was. Then the Bible says, then they prayed as a, as a body. And what was the result? It's found in Acts 4, verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken, where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. There's power in the prayer of agreement. If any two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which art in heaven. How else is prayer powerful? Intercessory prayer. Acts 12, 5. Peter's in prison. While in there, the church is assembled, and they're praying for him. And as a result, an angel of the Lord appears to him and leads him out of the prison. Our greatest intercessor sits at the right hand of the Father and makes intercession for you and me. And his name, church, is Jesus. Well, what if I go to the altar and I don't know what to pray? Paul says in Ephesians 6 and 18, pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. You can pray in the Spirit. How? The Spirit will pray for you. Romans 8 and 26, Paul says, the Spirit helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. We must be patient in prayer. Many times you'll find pray and watch or watch unto prayer. Here's what we've got to understand about prayer many times. Daniel had prayed three times a day for 21 days, and the Bible says that no answer came. But the angel of the Lord appears to him and says, Daniel, I heard you the very first time you prayed. But you've got to understand there's a battle going on that's got to be fought first in the heavenlies. So if you're praying for a loved one, please be patient and continue to pray. There's warfare going on in the heavenlies. Don't give up. Did you know that your prayers are like incense to heaven? In Revelations 5 and 8, it talks of 24 elders coming before the throne of God with a vial which contains the prayers of the saints. Now, you may die before you see your loved one saved, but that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. You know why? Because your prayers are still sealed in heaven and they're still being brought before the throne of God daily after you done left this world and went to heaven. When should we pray and where? First Thessalonians 5, 16, Paul says we are to pray without ceasing. In other words, don't give up. Never give up on the power of prayer. David says in Psalms 55, evening, morning, and at noon, I will pray. Acts 6, 4, the Bible says, we will give ourselves to continually in prayer and to the ministry of the word. 1 Timothy 2 and 8, Paul said, I will that men pray everywhere, 
You can pray on the job. You can pray in the school. You can pray in your home. You can pray in the car. You can pray on the streets. You can do a prayer walk. You can pray anywhere that you are and you have a voice. You can pray to God. I don't care what they tell you. I don't care what the law says. I just tell you that God says we can pray and we can pray anytime, anywhere. And that's when we have to obey the Lord. We can pray in secret, Matthew 6 and 6. Pray to the Father which is in secret, and the Father which seeth in secret shall reward openly. Pray in the church. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Alone with God, Matthew 14, 23, Mark 6, 46, Jesus prayed on a mountain, it says, alone. Pray in an altar. There was an instance where God commanded David to build an altar and pray. Prayer at an altar is a powerful thing. Solomon prayed at an altar. Daniel prayed at an altar. Prayer is powerful. We've got to take its prayer seriously. How? We have to pray sincerely, not just vain words or babbling. Jesus said in Matthew 6 and 5, When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. And when we pray, and when we pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard for much speaking. You know, so many times people say, I don't know how to pray or what to pray. It's just having a conversation with God. In your own will, in your own intellect, in your own education, in your own uh, speech or nationality, it's just speaking to God. Just like you would talk to me or I'd talk to Rob. It's about speaking to one another. It's But it's speaking to God. Just have a conversation. Don't think you've got to be all correct, all theologically uh, educated and all that stuff. God loves you, and God loves to hear from you. Don't be trying to sound all religious. A simple, sincere, sincere prayer is more effective than a long prayer that isn't from the heart. It was reported that a preacher in Red Rock, Mississippi, prayed this prayer. Check this one out. Oh, Lord, give thy servant this morning the eyes of the eagle. And the wisdom of the owl. Connect his soul with the gospel telephone in the central skies. Illuminate his brow with the sun of heaven. Possess his mind with love for the people. Turpentine his imagination. Grease his lips with possum oil. O Lord, loosen his tongue with the sledgehammer of thy power. Electrifying his brain with the lightning of the word. Put petrol motion on his arms. Fill him plumb full of the dynamite of thy glory. Anoint him all over with the kerosene oil of the salvation. Lord, set him on fire. Amen. What a prayer. A simple prayer is all it takes. A simple prayer. Exercise your prayer life. In other words, keep it active. Keep it strong. It's just like exercising your body. The more you exercise your prayer life, it's like the more you exercise your body, it gets what? Stronger. Talk to God daily. Practice what you say you believe. Believe in the power of prayer. Give God the glory for answered prayers. Do you ever take that time to just shout some hallelujahs and, and the whole prayer is just about thanking him and not asking for anything, but just, Lord, I come today to say, God, I love you. I thank you for your goodness and your mercy. I thank you for your blessings. I thank you for what you've done in my life, my family's life, my kids' life. Do you ever spend those times and moments just coming to the Lord with thankfulness in your heart? 
One day, a woman was rushing home from a doctor's appointment. The doctor had been late. The lab work took longer than she expected, so now it's thrown her behind. So by the time she left the clinic, she was running behind on schedule. Still had to pick up her children from the babysitters. Still had to pick up a prescription, get home and make supper so she, couldn't get to the Wednesday, so she could get to the Wednesday night prayer meeting. Well, after picking up her kids, she heads to the Walmart pharmacy. Of course, she hits the busy parking lot. She circles and circles while circling to top things off. God decides to open up the windows of heaven and release an abundance of rain. While she was really, really wasn't the type to bother God with small problems, but knowing her limited time, she prays, God, could you please grant me a parking place close to the front so me and my children don't get soaked today. God, you, you know I'm under a time strain here. You know my schedule. You know I have to hurry. I want to get to church. The words were barely out of her mouth when all of a sudden she seen the backup lights of a car come on in front of her. And they vacated the best parking spot in the lot right up front, the one closest to the door. And she rushed into park and said, never mind, God, one just opened up. Hmm. We ever done that? A prayer life prepares your life. You never know what you're going to get caught in. Two men were walking through a field one day when they spotted an enraged bull. It was running towards them. They immediately headed for the closest fence. The bull was running behind them in hot pursuit. They realized they weren't going to make it. And one hollered to the other one, quick, say a prayer. The man hollered out, I've never prayed out loud before. I don't know what to say. But you got to. The bull is catching up with us. All right, he said. I'll say the only prayer I know. My father used to say it at the dinner table. Oh, Lord, for what we're about to receive, make us truly thankful. Folks, your prayer life has got to be genuine. And it's got to be straight from your heart. Not just words you've heard spoken, but words that are spoken from your heart. Now, I'm not sure tonight what all I, this I've spoken has resonated with your heart. But surely out of all of it, you found out a direction for your prayer time tonight. Tonight, in just a moment, I want to ask you to come and pray and spend some time in prayer. That is the main purpose of us being here tonight, praying. I just wanted to remind you with the Word, show you in Scripture how important prayer is, how important the Word of God thinks prayer is, and how important we should think prayer is. And I know you think it's important because you are here and you're faithful to being here. But when we come here, let's pray. Let's bring those petitions to God. You either come tonight and you petition God for something that's going on in your life, you need something you need to intervene in your life, or you come tonight and just spend your time in prayer thanking God that you don't have no problems today in your life. How about that? If that's you, you're blessed. But, and it's not only that, it's maybe coming and praying for someone else that you know has problems in their life. We've got a lot of people. We've got to pray them out of the places they're in. There's people that need turnarounds tonight. There's people on their last leg tonight. There's people at the end of their rope tonight. There's people that we know that need to be broken off addictions, and there's people we know that need to be healed, and there's people we know, and our hearts should be full and burdened, and we've got the time we're here. We took the time to get here, so let's make sure we take the time that while we're here, we spend this time valuable at one of the most 
gracious privileges that we have that God gives us, and that's for us to come petition God, and God can begin to turn the things around for you, your family, your friends, your neighbor, this church, this nation, this world. There's, see, that's what I love about the ability to be able to pray. There's no, there's no limitations to what you pray for. You can pray for the world tonight. You can pray, pray for somebody in Uganda tonight, and it matters, and it can be effective. We can be praying for Janice Watkins, who's in El Salvador tonight, has a ministry over there. She's one of ours. We could pray for Janice tonight. There's needs over in El Salvador. MS-13 gang is there. They're, they're in the COVID crisis. We could pray to change things around the world. That's how powerful your voice is and your prayer is to God. It's not just a time to come in here and say, well, I'm going to hear a few them speak a little bit, and then we'll go up there and say a few little words, and we're going to get out of here. I really just want to urge you to take some, some sincere some time to pray to the Lord. Share your heart with him. He knows everything you've gone through. He knows everything you're going through. And you know what? He already knows everything you're going to face that you don't even know what you're going to face yet. And you can come and pray, and you can come and intercede. And I'm going to ask Danny to turn on some music tonight, and I'm going to invite every single one of you to come to the altar or kneel where you're at, if that's what's comfortable to you. But please take some time to pray before you leave. We're here. And your prayer is so valuable, not only to your life, think about this, but your prayer tonight is valuable to somebody else's life. 